Hi, and welcome to the Rocky River United Methodist podcast. And um, I'm here joined with Paul, the assistant pastor at Rocky River United Methodist Church. You say hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Well, he's just he's just so clever and smart. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's a great start. So. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, we're um, happy to be on, happy to be back. And um, actually, we're gonna we have quite a few things at the top of the podcast that we're gonna be introducing some um, new things. And um, so one of the first new things that we're gonna introduce is that we have a podcast name, finally. Um, so like. Just saying, RRUMC podcast. This is we've we've been trying to find a name really since the beginning, right? We, it's been over a year, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. it's taken a long time, and of course, it's um, one of our spouses, my spouse, um, came up with the name. So we probably should have went to them first. Um, I don't know why we didn't, <laughs> um, but so the new name um, is called the Encouraging Word. Uh, we're going to be called the Encouraging Word. The Encouraging Word. Right. Yes. So, the Encouraging Word podcast. It's got so, a, got a good ring to it, I right. think. Right. Yeah. I like it. And I think it's I think it's broad enough that we can incorporate cuz we if cuz Paul and I were just talking about we've talked about many 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 different <laughs> things since all over last, the place. Right. All yeah. over the place since last March. Um, so we think Encouraging Word, the Encouraging Word um, is broad enough to incorporate a lot of what we've talked about and i think it gets to the heart of what why we're doing this podcast it's not for our own health it's not so that we can hear our voices um even though paul's got a great voice great um, great radio voice yeah. <laughs> right and steven with his great radio face <laughs> right i have a great radio face yeah <laughs> so um but yeah at the heart of the operation why we're doing it is to encourage everyone listening to um hopefully that this podcast is an encouragement for your faith encouragement for your walk with christ um just encouragement for your day-to-day work and whatever you may be doing um so yeah I, i think it gets to the heart of what we're trying to accomplish so that's kind of the new title encouraging word or a look on the website the encouraging word podcast um once that gets changed so yeah pretty excited about it and then now paul is going to introduce um a new segment that we're going to have at the beginning of each podcast yeah that's uh this is another thing that's been in the works for a bit and uh steven is probably a more avid podcast listener than i am <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. um I've, I've picked up my pace more recently but uh, he's he's picked up on some of the trends that other you know professional podcasters right. use, and, and one is uh, kind of an intro segment at the beginning of of each of their episodes, um, and it, it can be something totally um, irrelevant to the topic at hand, which is kind of what we're going with. Right. Just kind of a fun and interesting segment, um, and segment uh, is is I guess what they call it in the podcast world. I used to think segments <laughs> were just like the pieces and parts of of insects and stuff but, <laughs> but it has a new application that's uh so that's the we're supposed to call it a segment uh, yeah, yeah and uh our segment uh that we're going to use at the beginning of each episode we're going to call the fit segment it's an acronym uh that stands for funny interesting or thought-provoking so uh steven and i are just going to share uh, just in the interest of you know um engaging you with some off-the-wall uh content and <laughs> mixing things up a bit and uh, 
and being a little bit more personal with you. Uh, something each week that's uh, that's either funny or interesting or, or thought-provoking that we've encountered in the past week since we were last with you uh, right. to, to get things going. Uh, Steven, do you want to share your, your fit segment sure, first? Sure, sure. Yeah, so I'm excited about this, this little segment about funny, interesting, and thought-provoking. Um, so yeah, we so what we're, the the goal is to just kind of share, just also to for everyone to get to know us better and dehumanize us. We're not robots who do podcasts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's at least as far as they know. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so my funny, interesting, thought provoking thing um, happened today. It was um, <laughs> it was quite interesting. So I uh, was driving and on my way. Actually, I was was taking photos and then I was on my way to work and I got a text message from um, from no other person who who the person who means the most to me in my life um, I, I give my all to this person uh, Jesus texted me <laughs> no, no joke uh, he texted me about my house and uh, it says hi Stephen my or hi Stephen my name is Jesus are you interested in selling your property at I'm not going to read my address because you never know who's listening. Um, <laughs> if you're, if you are then um, interested in making an offer, I can purchase this as is condition. So Jesus texted me about buying my house. So I thought it was interesting. I've always wanted a direct word from from God, um, from Jesus, and uh, I got a direct word, very direct, um, what He wants me to do. So we're going to be selling our house to Jesus. Um, we don't know where we're going yet. He didn't tell us, but hopefully the, his next text would be that. The Lord um, will provide. So, yeah, I thought it was really funny. Um, true story, not making it up. So, no, yeah, it's, it's right my, there in, in, in text. Right. Yeah, so the, the uh, uh, Jesus' ministry, you know, was his declaration was the Son of Man has no place to <laughs> lay his head. Right. And for all these years and centuries, that has been the case. Right. But uh, now, here in 2021, the Son of Man will soon lay his head in the home of Stephen <laughs> and, and Emily, yes. although it will no longer be their home because right. he's buying it from he, them he wants as is. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's I, pretty funny. I, I'm gonna have a hard time competing with a text message directly from <laughs> Jesus, but uh, the the thought that came to my mind was just to share with you. Uh, last week, for the first couple of days over our kids' spring break, uh, my family took opportunity to run out to the Laurel Highlands area, Ohio Pile State Park area of of Pennsylvania. And uh, within an hour or so drive of that is the United 93 uh, Memorial from uh, Flight 93 that um, did a, a crash landing there en, en route to what they expected was the, the Capitol building during the 9-11 attacks. And so that experience was, um, was incredible for, for my family and I to visit that memorial. And so many things stuck with me that I, I read in the small museum and just uh, getting all the details of the story, but just the uh, the heroic efforts of the folks on that plane. Uh, mm -hmm. just, uh, just to put myself in their position for a minute and ponder being on a, a, a typical flight, you know, a lot of them just a business trip, personal pleasure, whatever, and all of a sudden the, the plane's taken over, and in that moment they had to decide, once they figured out exactly what was going on and the plane was pro probably going to cause the destruction uh, and, and death of, of many, many more people, uh, they had to, to decide whether to sacrifice their own lives lives 
and mm-hmm. uh, try and protect the potential target that the plane was heading towards. And they actually took a vote on board that flight. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. can't imagine being there yeah. in that moment and and voted to uh, rush the the terrorists and um, and brought the plane down instead in a an empty field in Pennsylvania. So uh, that was a, an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you're ever in that area, I strongly encourage you to stop stop by and have that for yourself. Yeah. Um, so that's our, our fit Good. segment. We hope that you uh, find that each week as we share that uh, you're hearing something either that's uh, funny or interesting or thought-provoking. And uh, we'll continue that week in and week out. All right. Yeah, that was really good. Um, so then now, getting to kind of regular schedule programming, I guess. Well, I guess now the fit section is part of regular schedule programming. You're on out. Um, yes, sir. Right. So, but they we're starting a new podcast series, um, and it's going to be on religions. Um, and if anyone has seen, I know some people have seen some of the videos I've put out for youth, and I'm currently doing a series on religions as well, but I think... Uh, to be honest, I think the podcast format may suit it even better because we can go more detail and speak about um, things with a little, little bit more, as um, I said, detail, a little bit more, uh, spend more time in each religion so we can get a better understanding. But anyways, yeah, we're doing the religion um, podcast series, and I think, and I think this is really, really, really good for. Um, for myself and Paul, but also for you guys listening, because I think um, there's several things that we can get away, or several things we can get out of a series about um, religions. One of them is that we can learn about the people around us. Um, we're living in a very pluralistic society, which means that we have there's a lot of different beliefs and a lot of different religions around us now. Um, it's kind of interesting that we're actually um, becoming more and more uh, like a society that Rome was, um, when the church first started, in which there were many, many gods. Um, you know, all the Roman gods and Greek gods and tribal gods. I mean, that's that's the culture that the church began in. And we're, and we're really um, kind of in a culture similar to that now today as America continues um, to diversify, um, which, which is a good thing. Um, so, yeah, I think, one, it helps us to understand our neighbors. It helps us to um, have respect and uh, for them and and giving the time to be willing to learn um, what they believe, um, and I think that's really good. Second, I think it helps us with our own faith. I think it helps us understand what do we believe um, and why do we believe it. We just we just can't assume anymore that people around us believe what we believe. Um, that's no longer um, true, and we could argue how true that really was, but uh, but now you just can't assume that everyone is, is a Christian. Um, which is fine because now we, we can dig into understanding um, what we believe, why we believe it, and be able to defend what we believe as well in a in a loving, kind, um, nurturing way. Um, so I think those two things, and then finally, I, I think it, um, as I said, helps us to know our neighbors around us, helps us with our understanding of our faith, uh, and I think also, uh, lastly, I think it um, helps us overall just to be more well, well-rounded well people and that we're um, giving the time to understand the people around us. So, yeah, so that's those are some of the reasons why we decided to do a religion series podcast and um, we're going to be talking about several different religions um, from around us. And again, as a disclaimer that we're going to give in every single podcast, Paul and I are not experts <laughs> at these religions and we don't uh, we don't plan on having any quote-unquote experts come in and so we're doing a lot of the research on our own 
um, and um, using different books and, and different resources and sites and stuff to gather that information. So um, we're not experts, and we're going to be speaking very surface level, tip of the iceberg sort of thing. Um, and we know, even as Christians, we know how diverse within Christianity, you know, we have all the denominations, and all the denominations believe slightly different things um, than each other. So you can just imagine that in other world religions, um, that's also true. Um, so we see that there's a disclaimer, and we also say it, and, and we also want to say that we do this podcast not out of attempt to belittle people, um, but we do this really out of attempt to understand people and also to understand really, I think when you seek to understand, then people want to hear from you if once they see that you're seeking to understand them. Um, and so th- we're not doing this in any way to put people down. Um, but also I say it in the same breath that we also do believe that Jesus Christ um, is the truth and, and we hold to that, um, to that as well. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of a basic introduction. And today we're going to be um, just talking about what what is beliefs, what are beliefs, what are why do we have religions, what's the purpose of religion, what's the impact of multiple religions in our in our world today. Um, so that's this today is going to be a general conversation. So yeah. So I, I think a good place to start, uh, Stephen, is just by pondering that that initial question of of uh, where did all this come from? Right. This concept of religion and and uh, what purpose does it play right. in our lives and the lives of those who who seek it? And uh, such a huge, a huge uh, concept to tackle in in just a, a brief podcast. And, uh, of course, we can only speak with any uh, intelligence about our, our own perspective. It, it's hard to um, be able to make a blanket statement about people around the world and, and um, their religious experiences. And, and I guess that falls under our, our um, you know, liability statement here at the beginning as well, right. just to make sure that people understand we're, we're, uh, we're speaking from our observations, our experiences. Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot of people talk about what is, what is the purpose of religion, mm-hmm. and uh, they want to they get down deep into that, that question and, and a response. And um, as we start to look at religions in general, to step back and, and not look at one specific, but today just to focus on religions right. in general, I, I find that to ask the question, the, the purpose of religion, uh, to me, is somewhat of a naive uh, question um, from my standpoint, just because I, I think folks who have the conversation about the purpose of religion are most likely people who are not uh, having a religious right. experience themselves, because right. yeah. almost the implication is that uh, they they see religion as something that people seek out, much like we might seek out uh, beginning to right. take on a new hobby or yeah. uh, a new path in, in life, you know, educationally or, or career-wise. Uh, for me, religion um, doesn't have a, a purpose, so to speak. It's, it is our purpose. It's our identity. Uh, those who have a, a religion that they adhere to with any conviction see it as uh, the, the, the origin of, of who they are. Um, right. the, the religion speaks to why they're here. Their, their purpose is not religion. Religion is uh, the, the answer to everything in life. And um, so I think uh, that's, that's what it boils down to to me. What is the purpose? It's, you know, the, the purpose is to live out um, 
who we are and, and why we're here and and that is essentially what religion is um, but it's not like just a side dish in life that people pursue religion because uh, they're bored because they're looking for security because they're seeking hope I think people who have a true religious experience are religious because they don't know any other way to be they, they see themselves as a uh, a being that uh, is was brought about and, and has a purpose that is um, fully intertwined with their religion so they can't imagine being or pursuing anything else in life because that, that ultimately is uh, life is, right. is to live out their religion right yeah and I uh, agree with what Paul is saying as well and I think yeah typically when someone asks that question what's the purpose of religion why does religion exist is coming from a um, very secular mindset and so that's um, yeah and we live in a that's the dominant belief because it is a belief uh, secularism is a dominant belief which we'll get into much later um, but one of the questions too that we have um, is that why why do we believe at all um, what's what's the purpose of belief and I was doing some research and I found it fascinating I went to the American I'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong American Psychological Association. <laughs> no, I, I got it. So, Solid, yeah. Lots of practice, been up all night saying that. <laughs> um, but I thought it was fascinating that they said that um, belief is something natural to when the moment we are born. Um, so, uh, quoting um, this article, it says people also have a bias for believing in the supernatural. Um, um, in his work, this author's work, he finds that children as young as three naturally attribute supernatural abilities and immorality to quote-unquote God, even if they've never been taught about God, and they tell till, and they tell elaborate stories about their lives before they were born, um, what Barnett calls pre-life. Hmm. Um, he says, we're showing, what we are showing is that our basic con cognitive equipment, our minds, biases us towards certain kinds of thinking and leads to thinking about a pre-life and afterlife gods invisible beings that are doing things themes that common to most of the world's religions so i find that absolutely fascinating because it's saying that at the moment of birth as young as three years old um kids are already have a s believing in the supernatural which when i think about it because i have young kids um Actually, my oldest is four, and my, my oldest is five. My youngest is, wait, my youngest is three. She'll be four. Jeez. Can't even keep track. I only have two kids, and they can't keep track of their age. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I mean, they, so you think of it, not even in religious terms, but like Santa, Easter Bunny, Ghost, um, Tooth Fairy, all those things are invisible, right? Um, and, and they, but they, they believe it immediately. I mean, they just take it. Maybe it's because they believe their parents and trust them and don't think their parents would lie to them. That's one of them. But <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> right, and they think their parents would never lie to them about Santa. So That's uh, an episode for a different right, time. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think it, it. you can see immediately in kids they're, they're already naturally been towards believing um, the unseen, as, as this article says, um, and that it, I think, again, it speaks to what Scripture will say, is that we as human beings are naturally religious. I mean, it's, it's part, of, part of our growing, our, um, just <laughs> part of being what, what it means to be human. Um, so I, and I, 
have other things I want to say, but I also want to let Paul jump in here and put fire. Yeah, I, I think as you've been describing it, I, I see it as almost like a, a biological right. uh, yeah. uh, feature right. to who we are as, as we're born kind of predisposed right. uh, to this concept of seeking uh, seeking a, a divine or seeking something supernatural. Right. And uh, I, I think that's fascinating as well that 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 is the case and it's something that um would be really hard to study because so many every household is different and um you know whether kids are introduced or or invited to be open-minded about the idea Mm -hmm. of religion is very different in every household so it's hard to hard to gauge you know how much our biological features are influencing what we eventually do and and how much of it is environmental um Mm -hmm. but uh, that's that's incredibly fascinating that they do have some evidence biological is a factor mm-hmm. and i think that uh what i'll call our relational experience as as humankind is a, a big factor right. as well and I, I think the evidence is all around us that um as we as we grow up and as we are poured into by our uh, families and and our friends and, and influences all around us society in general uh you're you're most likely uh, yeah. There's obviously plenty and plenty of exceptions, but you're most likely to end up claiming the religious beliefs or, or any kind of beliefs of, mm-hmm. of the people that you're closest to, uh, the people that have most influence over you, or at least uh, the people, um, or, or at least the, the largest number of people around you, whatever they believe, is most likely what you're going to adhere to. Uh, in right. some part, maybe even just because of social pressure, like the idea of venturing off on your own and, and seeking out something entirely different than the people around you is is uncomfortable and, and challenging for folks. Yep. Um, so that relational experience is huge um, in, in what we end up um, selecting as our religion or or uh, lack thereof. And that's a, right. a piece we need to bring into this too, right. is w- what exactly qualifies as Right. Um, religion, you right. you hinted at it with the the secularism piece, but right. I think everybody has a a set of beliefs, right. and depending right. on your definition of religion, right. uh, it's not necessarily if you you require religion to include a divine uh, understanding or something of the sort, and you know a supernatural being, then not everybody's going to call it a religion. But in this sense, with the you know relational experience, we're we're all going to be influenced by the people around us to sets of beliefs about everything in life, right. Right. and our attitude and, and beliefs towards religion and what religion we choose or if we choose to seek an organized religion at all uh, is influenced by the people around us. But I think at least for our purposes in these conversations, everybody has a religion of of some sort in that they have an attitude, set of beliefs towards where they came from, uh, what their purpose is in life, where they're going. And um, those are influenced and and uh, influence us um, in right. in common ways across the board, regardless of where we fall with religion. Right. right. Yeah, and and uh, I agree with that. And one one thing I've been saying on the video series I've been doing that's kind of relate that is related to this, but not directly correlated. Anyways, um, but yeah, I said don't. Uh, one thing I say a lot is like don't let people fool you by saying they don't believe in anything. Um, to say you don't believe in anything or don't believe there is anything um, is a belief, right? (laughs) It's a a belief to say, I don't believe that there's one true religion. 
I don't believe that there's a God. I don't believe there's this or that um, because there's no hard evidence. You can't. Uh, religion is something that goes beyond the uh, empirical data. Like, we live in a world that's really based off what we see and scientific facts and empirical data and all this such that stuff. But it, those those stuff does not answer the, as Paul just said, meaning and purpose and um, overall beginning of everything. Why does anything have or value or morality none of that can be done in a test tube you can't just that can't just be empirical data um it, it comes from a belief um and really in order to function day to day we must believe in something something regarding our purpose and meaning and existence even if it's a weak belief you have you hold to some belief something to keep you going day to day a matter of fact a lot of times when people um, will take their own lives is because they feel like they've lost the meaning and purpose of existence. You know, they maybe their meaning and purpose was this job, and they got fired from the job, and they no longer can see their life beyond that job. Or, or their meaning and purpose was some individual, and the individual either left them or passed away or something, and they can no longer see their lives past that. Um, but we we have a belief in something that something that gives us meaning, um, and also. I like to say too is that what we believe leads to how we think which leads to how we act so what we believe really does matter um, so we can't say and I, I think also in our culture we kind of have we get really dismissive of religions that I mean, you people just like oh it doesn't matter what you believe it, it does <laughs> to a certain extent matter what you believe because um, we, we just and, and I know this is not true for um, all followers of Islam uh, not by the not by any case, but what the people believed in 9/11 did affect what they did, right? So um, you're going to see what you believe does affect how you think and affects how you act. So there 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 is um, something to be made of that, and I, I think a lot of what we're realizing in our culture, a lot of the conflicts that we have in our culture, even when it comes to politics and such, is because we have colliding beliefs. Um, we have beliefs that are colliding. Um, with each other. It's not that we don't believe anything. It's that we all believe something and we're, we're believing something very strongly um, and we're not willing to change on that. So we're colliding. That's what a, a lot of the things that we see in our society happening. Um, but yeah, definitely as Paul and I talk about, belief is something that um, is innate to our own moment we are born, right? And as Paul said, the, ho the home we grow up in affects um, what we believe um, as well. But yeah, it, it's, and this is also true as this is what kind of what makes us human in a way. Like you don't, <laughs> I, I know I haven't, I don't think Paul has, but I've never seen um, a bunch of squirrels gather around um, some nuts and they're burning them and chanting. Like I've <laughs> <laughs> never seen squirrels bow down to a maple tree and say, you are my source of life. You know what I mean? Like you, you never see creatures worshiping it, it's creatures are purely for the most part i mean some would argue but for the most part creatures are purely survival and instinct like yes they play yes they can be creative yes there's crossover between human beings and creatures i understand that um for sure and we are created as well just like the creatures created but there's a difference between human beings and animals and i would argue that it's a pretty big difference i mean some people <laughs> say it's closer than others but i think it's a pretty wide gap between human beings and animals and religion is one of those like animals don't question meaning and purpose and existence and morality and death they don't have this sense of 
the, none of the animals wear clothes, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like you don't see the squirrels putting their pants on because they, they don't want to be walking around. You know, so it's <laughs> that's funny. But anyways, yeah, it's you just you don't see that in animals, um, but in human beings you do. So. And I think religion is what pulls us is the is the force yeah, that pulls right. us exactly. further into um, who we are intended to be as right. human beings. I think right. once we lose our connection to mm-hmm. religion, and, and of course, from my perspective, when I say religion, I'm, I'm thinking personally about my relationship with Christ right. and my purpose right. as a Christian. Once we fall away from that. Um, then I think, you know, sadly we become, and, and I don't mean this to be cruel, but we, we become more uh, animal-like in, mm-hmm. in our instincts, in our behaviors, in our treatment of, of others, and mm-hmm. in our, our sense of purpose. Um, we, we tend to follow uh, those instincts that are less uh, divine and less divinely inspired. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that organized religion, um, it, you know, regardless of whether you're, you're critical to it or not or, or embrace it, it's hard not to accept that organized religion does it, at least help people uh, gain an, an understanding and, and pursue an understanding of, of who they are and why they're here. And there's so many mm-hmm. people in this world that, that never – take time and are never prompted to s- step back and take time t- to assess their beliefs. Even if they don't have a religious uh, set of beliefs, they have a set of beliefs about what's important in life, why uh, they exist, what you know, what is their purpose every day, what are they trying to accomplish in the time that they have before them. And a lot of folks, uh, short of having a, a, an organized religion that they connect to, they are never really compelled to ask those questions or assess their lives right. and, and their time here on this earth um, in, in those ways. So I think organized religion brings us uh, into God's desire for us. And of course, you know, it's a circular right. uh, reasoning as I, I say that God's desire for us uh, wouldn't make any sense, wouldn't matter to somebody who right. didn't adhere to a religion. Right. Um, but I, I think it, it plays such a key role in, in our health as a human right. race. Right. Um, and, and I want to get back to what you were saying a little bit ago, Stephen, about us kind of butting heads over differing beliefs, because I mm-hmm. think that's super relevant in our world today, and, and of course has been uh, really since almost the beginning of time. <laughs> right. But um, the, the reality is, you know, we live in a world with multiple religions, multiple belief systems, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll throw this at you, Steve, and challenge you to come up with a, an insightful response to this. Um, but is it, is it really possible to have world peace and, and harmony and true unity um, within the human race when you have uh, people that are adhering to all these different religious mm-hmm. beliefs and the the beliefs, uh, you know, we, we celebrate the ways that they align right. with each other, they right. agree with each other, but at some point, people with different sets of beliefs, even apart from religion, right. um, you know, we're going to have different beliefs, and uh, I'm going to believe that that last piece of pie is, is mine, you're going to believe it's yours, you know, <laughs> doesn't have to be a religious conversation right. or context, but is it possible to have true harmony in this world when people of one religion are feel like they're being called by God to, to do this or live in this manner and right. people in another religion are believing the same thing about their God and their beliefs right. and eventually those two they, they bump into each other right. Right? right so how do we or is it even possible to achieve harmony right. within that reality right yeah that's uh, yeah that's a 
good question. <laughs> you know, it's a, yeah, no, I I would say there is obviously because we're living in a society right now that has I would say relative peace, um, depending on how you want to define peace. But yeah, I, I think we live in a society right now that has multiple beliefs, but we live um, we we have peace in America for the most part. So, um, but what I think, um, and this is kind of where course i'm biased because i'm a christian but i think this is what's when jesus says love your enemies i think that's just so critical because um it's jesus acknowledged that there's going to be people who don't believe what you believe he acknowledged that people aren't going to treat us the way we should be treated he acknowledged that there's evil in the world and we're called to love them and that and and i was actually recent who was i was recently talking to this was about someone and my was my mom i was talking about um, we were talking about this concept about loving your enemy and, and just how hard that, like, you, I think as Christians, we take that for granted, but we really need divine intervention <laughs> to love your enemy, right? Yeah. I think of what Jesus was doing on the cross when he was literally, just think about this, take time to think about Jesus is forgiving the soldiers who are nailing him to the cross. Like, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Like, that is just like... Right, and he was forgiving the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those who plotted to kill him. He's like, forgive them. That That is divine. I mean, you need, I'm speaking for myself, I need divine um, ability, the Holy Spirit, to really intervene for that. Um, but I believe that in that, that, forgive, that nature of forgiveness, um, also I think what Christianity also offers is that we're all made in the image of God, which means that we need to treat everyone with love, respect, kindness, um, and, and having that in the forefront that the way we treat people is because they're made in the image of God and they have intrinsic value. Not value because of what they do and what they say, but intrinsic value for just who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a pastor I listen to a lot, um, Timothy Keller, who's fantastic. I would recommend him to anyone. Um, but I was just recently listening to him, and he had said that um, in our society today, especially in America, we take for granted the belief that we, we kind of just assume like, oh, everyone everyone used to believe that we're all created equal. No, that's, that's really a belief from Christianity. When Christianity was coming up in Rome, that was not the general belief that we're all made the same. Um, not at all. And matter of fact, when you look throughout human history, I mean, you have um, the beliefs of Nazi Germany, the beliefs in slavery, the beliefs in, you have people literally trying to scientifically prove there's a better race or better people than another person. Like, that's not a given thing. It's from Scripture. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it's a huge truth from Scripture that has really created the society we live in today. Um, so to believe that, yeah, so to answer your question, I do think we can. Um, but, f- yeah, for certain you're going to have conflict because um, when you believe something is true and you believe that you're God or the person you believe has said this, you are going to run into conflict with other religions and faiths. Um, but, yeah. So how would you answer that question? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's not how it's supposed to work. I, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's I'm the one answering the question. Right, right. Right. Um, I, I think that uh, I agree with you uh, for the most part. I think it depends on what exactly right. you're, you're, how you're defining right. harmony and world right. peace and right, such. Right, I think right. that 
Exactly. I, as you said, I think ultimately that there's always going to be conflict, and right. I, I do believe that's the case. Uh, so two statements of, of Jesus, so I kind of lay that as the foundation of my response. One is what you just mentioned. Um, Jesus calls us to, to love our enemies, right. pray for those who hurt us. Yeah. Um, the other statement of Jesus, which would seem to be in sharp contrast with this, is uh, when he declared, I do not come to bring peace to the world, mm. but a sword. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's a, I, I don't have it memorized. I mm. looked it up. That's Matthew 10, 34. <laughs> uh, Jesus said, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. So I think this is acknowledging both uh, aspects that we've, mm. we've already covered. And Stephen, you covered very well uh, this notion that Jesus is acknowledging here. He's, he's not saying when I when he says I come to bring a sword. He's not. Jesus is as as pacifist as they come. He has right. no desire to uh, bring harm to anybody, right. um, or or uh, be aggressive towards anyone. In, in that sense, he uh, is acknowledging here the fact that his uh, the the identity that others will uh, take on as children of God and followers of Jesus Christ in this world will necessarily lead to conflict and a lot of times the conflict's going to be brought to us there are occasions when as Christians uh, it's it's um, on us to right. instigate a conflict um, not typically with the outside world so much but maybe with each other uh to, to hold each other accountable and and uh, make sure that our faith remains pure and and right. not um and not watered down a uh, conflict is going to uh, occur uh, jesus right. said over and over how the the world uh hate, hated him the world was going to hate his followers uh, it's hard to get around that so it's it's inevitable there's going to be conflict in this world between right. people of different beliefs and christianity is not exempt to that. We we don't get to be as much as as convenient as it would be. We're not one of the the sets of, of beliefs, um, maybe like others in the world, where we can have this. Uh, let's you know just live and let live policy and, and agree to disagree, and we can just sit back and believe what we believe and be okay with the fact that the rest of the world disagrees. Of course, we're okay in that we still pe treat people with love and respect, um, but we can't be okay with it to the extent that Jesus calls us to bring uh, the, the good news and bring salvation to everybody. So uh, we can't just sit back and, and say we agree to disagree because uh, we're supposed to be um, spreading the word. Right. So uh, that is going to put us in conflict with other people. But uh, what do we do with the fact <laughs> that that the, those conflicts exist and, and how do we deal with the the discord that it brings and all of that and, and um, how do we continue to maintain our integrity and our witness in the midst of it? It's exactly what you brought up, Stephen. It's the uh, love your enemies, pray for those who hurt you. It's the fact that we can um, profess our faith, share our faith with other people. We can do so in love. Right. Um, we're, you know, we can't accept what this world seems to believe nowadays that just by saying that I believe something and knowing that you may disagree, that I'm, I'm judging you right, or I'm right. offending you, we have right. to be able to say what we believe. Um, but when we do that, when we do so in love, we have to be prepared to get some, uh, <laughs> some, some conflict from others, and, and not everybody's going to um, be happy about what we're doing and so when people respond to us in um, you know aggressive ways or uh, they're not too pleased with us we continue to love them no matter what 
no matter what response we get to whatever extent, just as Jesus did, <laughs> the response of the world in his time was uh, to, to stake him to a cross. Right. And he continued to love them and uh, love his enemies, pray for them, even in that moment when they were doing so. So I think there's going to be conflict, and uh, we continue to love. So is harmony, is true harmony uh, possible? I, I don't think so to to the full extent because um because uh, we can only find harmony around our, our shared love for for christ and when we don't all share that and have that as part of our identity there's always going to be something lacking there um, but can we find a way to to be uh loving towards each other and get along to some extent and find some sense of harmony and and peace and kind of um, and and almost uh, more than just you know be like uh, uh, people who can coexist. We can be people who work together and, and such. But there's always going to be limits to what that looks like and what that harmony looks like uh, right. because of the conflicts that are essentially always going to be there. Right. Um, and I and there's a couple I agree with that completely. So a couple of things I want to say. Um, so I think one is uh, when you look at um, the religions, and you'll find this out, and I've said this in the videos too, is that um, you'll discover that many of the religions are fundamentally different. So I think, especially in our, in our secular society, there tends to be the belief that we get really dismissive religion, and it's kind of like, why, why don't you guys, part of the reason, and I understand it too, is that we see the conflict of religions, and, and we're just, we've seen the conflicts of religions throughout history, really, and there's a sense of like, we're just so tired of it, just just get along, just coexist, you're all the same, just, you're all going to get, you're all trying to reach God, it's all the same. So I understand the motivation behind it of just trying to get along, but in a way, in saying that, you're dismissing the religions and all their uniqueness and how different they are and in an attempt just for you just to get along. So in a way, you're pushing your beliefs on these other belief systems to say, like, your beliefs are not as important as the belief I hold. And my belief that I hold is that all you guys are the same, basically. Um, so it's getting really dismissive of other religions and, and it really in an attempt to for think for everyone to get along. Again, I, so I say that is that when you start to look at the religions, they are fundamentally different, not superficially different. Yes, the religions will have a sense of God or a sense of divine being or a sense of gods, and, there, and there's an afterlife. And superficially, those things are, yeah, there's similarities superficially on those things. But fundamentally, for example, just, just for a simple example, um, Muslims don't believe that Jesus died on a cross. And Christians do so, like that's a photo, but that's a pretty big difference, right? That, I mean, that's huge. Or another example uh, is that in Buddhism and Hinduism and some other religions, like God is, God is, there is no real goddess. You kind of have a nirvana, this ocean of oneness. That's a difference between the God of the Bible, who has a personality, who who's human or not, who well, human in Jesus, but um, that God is unique. He's not one with the universe in the sense that Buddhists and Hindu Hinduisms believe. So like that's that's those are fundamental differences that we're gonna have in religions. Um, so like I understand the vibe of let's, let's just coexist, but that's really hard to do when there's fundamental differences. Now going along also with I think what Paul said, um, in the sense of having real peace, I, I would agree with that, that we can't have 
the real peace that we're seeking, which I love the word peace in the Bible, which is shalom, mm. and, the, and the way that the Bible speaks of peace, it's more than just. So I think in Scripture they talk about the Roman peace, and I think we have that sense of American peace too, that the way that we define peace is that there's no military conflicts, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's what peace is. And that's an aspect of peace, and I would say like, the tip of the iceberg of peace mm -hmm. but what the bible when the bible speaks of peace or when it speaks of shalom it's like it's all encompassing peace with creation peace with yourself peace with your neighbors peace with god like it's it's it almost think of it that i think the best way it's described to me is like a um, you, if you think of uh, the way that uh, a quilt is weaved together or, or you think of something that's weaved together, intricate details of something that's woven together, um, that's shalom, something this beautiful pattern all connected together in perfect peace. I think that is not going to happen and scripture would say that's not going to happen until God comes back um, in the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, and new earth. That's when we will experience the truest of what peace really is. Now, do we have we have a kind of like a Roman peace in that there's a sense that there's a power. Rome was so powerful, they kept the peace because no one wanted to go against Rome, so let's just get along, right? Um, so there's peace that's controlled by military might. And, and I get it, and that's... In our world today, that is necessary, right? So, like, there is a necessary and a purpose uh, for mil military might to keep a peace. Now, we, that's a whole nother topic about governance and stuff, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, as what Paul's saying, there there is a sense of peace, but real, real peace will not come until um, Revelations. And then I also want to share this last verse. I think it's really, really gets to the heart of what we're saying. This could be even the heart of this whole podcast. Um, but First Peter chapter 3, verses um, 15 and 16, really get at the heart of this. And I'll read through it quickly. It says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. So in your hearts revere him as Lord. But always prepare to give an answer to everyone who asks you to believe, the, to ask you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Right? But do this. This is so important. Do this with gentleness and respect, <laughs> right, when you speak about what you believe. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak malicely against you, right, so there are going to be people be against us, and, and we've mentioned this, um, that when they speak about your good behavior in Christ, they may be ashamed of their slander. So what this, this is a fascinating thing because it's, it's, it's partnering what you believe with what you do. All right, so like when you speak of Christ as Lord, when you revere him in, in your heart, when you believe that, people also, when they come to speak of you, they're ashamed because of your good behavior, right? So they go one-to-one. -one. What you believe in your heart, as I said it earlier, what you believe affects how you act. So when you believe that Christ, revere Christ in your heart and you know he's the Lord, you know he's going to return, you've given your life to Christ, which that's going to impact how you act. So you act in such a way that people are like, people are like, oh, you know, I can't agree with the whole Jesus thing, but man, you you're you've been doing some good things. You know what I mean? Like, I may not agree with the whole Jesus thing, but but you guys merely make a difference in our community, right? And that's kind of that's that's the heart of what Peter is trying to get at. Um, and when we explain our beliefs to other people, it's out of gentleness and respect. 
um, to those around us, not bashing them over the head, not throwing Bible verses at people who don't even believe the Bible to begin with, mm-hmm. right? You, you gotta, there's a gentleness and respect to how we speak about our faith to other people. And really that's the goal of what this whole series is, to be honest, so, yeah. Yeah, and all of that is uh, seed planting, essentially. Right. Uh, you know, of course, everybody, whatever their set of beliefs is, they believe that they're right. And um, right, right. and so we're going right. to speak from the perspective of our, right. our faith as Christians. And, and right. our job is to, um, is to love and uh, treat people with respect and, and kindness and, and be good listeners. And uh, that in and of itself is a, a purpose, but um, it also isn't the be-all, end-all. It's it's a means to a, another end, which is to ultimately plant seeds of the gospel uh, right. within those folks exactly. that, as as uh, I almost called you Jesus. <laughs> he you, did text me. Too, you're in close so, communication yeah, in with close Jesus. Communication, today. Right. Almost called you Jesus. <laughs> uh, as Stephen was saying, that uh, our purpose is to set an example that would capture the attention and uh, the intrigue of people around us, that they would take notice. And maybe they're not quite ready to say, yes, I, I want to accept your Jesus, but they're going to say, wow, you you know, there's something different about you. The way you, the way you act, the way you treat right. people um, is different. So one quick comment, and then we'll wrap things up, and and we'll pick up. Uh, This is going to be fun. I'm excited about this, and uh, just wait till we really get going. (laughs) We we have uh, some other other belief systems in front of us that we can really learn from and dig into. But um, I I think one of the things that stuck out to me, and uh, it's it's depressing even to say it (laughs) to some regard, but I think it's just a, a stark truth that is hitting me about our world today and the church today, and, and it plays such a big part here, is is that we are so often uh, swayed and influenced by our emotions um, to a, right. a larger extent than we should be. Our, our emotions um, mm. are an important uh, contributor to our faith experience, and, and they should be, and they should be allowed to right. be that. Uh, but two things I think that our emotions compel us uh, towards. Mm-hmm. One is that we we want peace and mm-hmm. and by peace what i really mean is is the absence of of conflict or right. disagreement with people um in in this context we want that uh, to exist in the entire world our, our emotional compulsion is to see that everybody would would get along and right. we we deem that to be the most important thing and our emotions uh, push us towards that but i don't think that within our faith system um if we we truly adhere to the god of the bible mm-hmm. and the calling that's on our lives i don't think that that is ultimately obtainable um, at least maybe absence of conflict to some degree, but certainly not true peace, as, as Stephen was describing it. And two, um, we don't we, we want to live in a world where we don't have to tell anybody uh, that they're wrong or, or right. that we disagree. We want everybody right. to be able uh, to be right, and, right. and uh, we want to be able to affirm them and, and right. uh, pump them up and say, yeah, we, we are all together and, and pretend like we're all on the same path. And so we have these notions arise like uh, we all worship the same God, or we're all right. just taking different paths to achieve the same uh, enlightenment, or, or you know, ultimate 
experience at the end and, and acceptance by uh, this greater being that we, uh, you know, supposedly all worship the same one and, and we're all heading in the same direction. And, um, and our emotions compel us towards that because in reality, we live, I don't know, I, I've never lived in like the 14th century or the 17th <laughs> century, but yeah. I feel like our world right now is is very lovey-dovey you know what i mean like we want maybe more than ever we want to get along we want to put uh, you know kind of push people who are who are um you know kind of selfish and and not able to see from other people's perspectives and and even hateful and and aggressive towards others we want to squash all of that we want to be done with it because we've seen so much destruction over the years um, but one of the, the the risks that we take by uh, thinking that we can just um, um, you know that we can just make everything warm and fuzzy and lovey-dovey and make all of that go away as, as we go too far with it to the point where our emotions push us to uh, water down our faith and our convictions and, and truth and God's call in our lives um, you know and, and we at the expense of all of that we embrace our emotional compulsion to see everybody um, you know joining hands and singing to the same God supposedly and, and um, you know and everybody's right and everybody's affirmed so somehow we have to find um i don't know if it's middle ground we just have to find truth right in in dealing working through all of that and maybe this uh, journey before us will, will help us along the way right yeah i think that's good and and as i said earlier i see them the motivation for and, and you do want to get along it's not you want to get along but it's it is at the same time like we can have conversations and with each other without hating each other without violence mm -hmm. um and i think in our society we have a hard time confronting different beliefs because we just want to all accept them as true when it when that really can't be true because all the i would say every religion contradicts the other religions around it right so um and we have to hold just like we hold the scientific facts to be true i think your religions can be true as well um but yeah, and, and again, I, I think as we're going back to for what First Peter says, it's so important that you hold Christ, revere him in your heart, but also the way you live um, speaks volumes to what you believe. Um, and we're not saved by our works, we're saved by Christ alone, but through Christ alone he produces through us um, works that witness to him. So yeah, I'm excited about this podcast. I think it has a lot to offer, and I hopefully um, all, all of us including listeners paul and i we can all learn from researching um studying different religions and also like i said earlier at the beginning of the podcast i think it helps us have more respect kindness and understanding with our neighbors around us willing to sit down and listen i, I find it fascinating to f see what people believe um, because it, it is cool to live in such a diverse world and seeing all these religions around us and and like I said earlier, everyone believes something. Rather, if your neighbor's like, oh, there's no God, I don't believe anything, like, that's that's his belief or that's her belief, right? We all hold to some sort of belief um, when it comes to those big questions of purpose, meaning, morality, death, existence, and so. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Stephen, this is this has been an encouraging word, I think, <laughs> uh, uh, for everyone. Yeah. 
So we got to keep saying back. it. Yeah, right. Yeah, repetitively. Yeah. Got to really get that cemented <laughs> down there. Well, thank you all for being with us. And, uh, yeah, I think we are we are pretty enthusiastic about where we're, we're going with this. And we hope you'll stick with us on the journey. We've got a lot to learn. And uh, Stephen and I, too, as, uh, once again, not the experts on the subject, um, but learners right along with you. So uh, we hope to see you um, and not just speak to you. We hope to, to, that we're seeing you or, or we'll see you soon, friends. Uh, you're in our thoughts and prayers, and uh, have a great week.